This is a message that I want people to really hear within the sound of my voice. When you are absolutely 100% sold out for Christ and you're seeking after his face and he gives you direction in a circumstance, you can't be disobedient to that voice. But again, as the program states, if we're going to speak from a program perspective, let's just be honest. Finances and romances are the number two reasons why people go back out. Welcome back, everyone, to That Christian in Recovery podcast. I'm your host, Vernon L., and this is that podcast where we talk about life's problems. And we also talk about the solution to those problems. But if we don't know the solution, we talk about our role in the problem because I do believe that everyone is recovering from something. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, we're we're one of those uh, unique stories, Vernon. That um, you know, we've just been so blessed by the goodness of God. Uh, I was a uh, IV drug user uh, just a little over ten years ago. I was homeless at the Salvation Army. Um, I had lost everything. I'd spent probably about four years from the time I started with my uh, oral addiction with uh, opiates to where then it became where I started to snort them, and then it went into uh, IV drug use and to where. I was basically, I was beaten, broken, defeated, lost. I lost everything from a worldly perspective. So all of my uh, possessions that I had built over the course of years, and I was a relatively successful businessman. So, um, you know, if anybody's watching right now that this this particular enemy has no boundaries, mm-hmm. uh, he's no, this, this enemy has no respecter of person. So it doesn't matter what side of the tracks you come from, uh, from a wealth perspective, whether you're, you're uh, upper middle class to upper class, lower class, it doesn't matter. Um, I was on my way to making seven figures when I got uh, uh, on opiates, heavily addicted to opiates, lost everything, wound up at the Salvation Army, um, and that was in 2013, and it was uh, April 28th, so I've got my 10-year birthday coming up on April 28th, where I fell on my knees at the Salvation Army Chapel for my very first time as as a non-believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, and um, I got radically wrecked by the Holy Ghost. I got introduced to my Lord and Savior personally. I knew at that moment everything in my life changed, and mm-hmm. uh, he took over from that point forward. So um, that's how my journey began with uh, our story. And then it was about three months into my walk with Jesus and in recovery as a homeless man at the Salvation Army was when I went to an outside AA meeting and bumped into this one. We want to put a disclaimer out there for people who are listening um, or watching. Um, You know, we were both at that point in our lives surrendered to God in a way that was not just, we weren't just going to church on Sunday or, you know, you know, doing meetings, we were truly surrendered to God. And and for each person, you know, only God knows your heart. But right. at that time, we weren't pursuing a relationship because, you know, before you get sober, mm-hmm. um, you meet Jesus, you're pursuing anything that makes you 
feel good because you don't want to feel what you're feeling. And the time you don't even know what you're feeling. You just don't know how to um, process emotions or feelings. And so you're using relationships or drugs or alcohol or gambling, um, sex. It could be shopping, eating, like anything. Uh, So what, you know, as we do share our story, um, um, we were not um, we were not looking for relationships at that point in time in our life. We were seriously pursuing God and Him only. So, um, okay. we encourage people in a program or new in sobriety to get into relationships. But when you're you know when you're yielded and surrendered to the Holy Spirit, you just you just got to go where He says go, whatever that looks like. Amen. Um, that was a lot. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and here, here's why I say it was a lot, because I'm sitting here and I'm listening to you, too. And, I, and as I was reading your story, I, I, I could see the similarities more than just a, a follower of Christ, more than just a recovering addict. Right. Now I'm listening to you guys. So let me tell you a little bit about me. Yeah. I used to work for Corporate America. I actually went to the Salvation Army. I found Jesus in the Salvation Army. I went to the 12-step program. I met my wife in the 12-step program. So I just want to let you know I got a little similarities with you. Um, um, and you were talking about that relationship because early recovery, you know, they they recommend we don't do it. And they asked me that older member. He told me, you know, we recommend you don't do that. And I got to get honest with you. I have so many words. I said, mind your business. Mm-hmm. And um, I went after more. My wife, what would you, besides that, what if somebody do get into an early relationship? What experience y'all can help them with? So I'll speak very clearly. So um, this is a message that I want people to really hear within the sound of my voice. When you are absolutely 100% sold out for Christ and you're seeking after his face and he gives you direction in a circumstance, you can't be disobedient to that voice. But again, as the program states, if we're going to speak from a program perspective, let's just be honest. Finances and romances are the number two reasons why people go back out, why they go back into that that particular lifestyle. And and one of the things that Mia touched on that I both of us agree 100 percent is identity and destiny. Most people don't know who they are. They have no idea. So it's that identity. If they don't have an identity, they're looking for their identity in something else. And so I will go back and tell you right now. Drugs and alcohol were never my problem. They were the result of my problem. My problem was me. So when that identity and destiny discovery comes in and you discover for you are for the first time in your identity in the creator, Mm -hmm. once that seed is planted and he sets you ablaze for his maximum service and his pleasure and his purpose, then you start this journey. And what happened with me and I in that particular instance was the Lord actually audibly spoke to me and said she was the one. And I did believe me when I say this, Verna, I tried my best to walk away from that, that voice. Okay. I told the Lord, I'm sorry. Um, I, I know that the, the program talks against it. And I felt very similar to what you felt. There was a knowing that I can't walk away from this because it's not about me. It's about what, what he was trying to do. Right. So, I walked out of that meeting. I tried to be like a Jonah and walk away from what God asked me to do. 
And what's so funny, God will always have his way. Mia didn't even know I was in this meeting. She had no idea who I was. She didn't, I didn't exist as far as she was concerned. But I was literally at the end of the block getting ready to get back on the Salvation Army bus to go back to the Salvation Army mm-hmm. when somebody walked up behind me and popped the bracelet I was wearing. And I knew at that moment before I ever turned around who it was because you can't run from your destiny. Wow. And what happened is when I turned around, Mia was smiling at me and she said, nice bracelet. And she held up her bracelet. She was wearing the same one. And mm-hmm. it said, better together. And that, that was the beginning of God setting our relationship ablaze. And every moment that we had together from the very beginning, yeah. seeking Christ and his will for our life. Right, right. And I know I um had a identity problem and I tried to find it in my wife. And I remember, oh, remember, I went up to him right before a meeting. I walked up to him. I said, you know one thing? I noticed, right, he said, what? I said, Nicole, not my problem, right? That's my wife. He just bust out laughing. He said, I know she's not your problem. He said, he said the stuff you're recovering from, Bernard, you know, would go way back before you even picked up any drugs. So, I, I, again, I, I'm relating to your story. And, but this is what he did tell me now. And it's, it found out, to, come to find out, it is my truth. He said, but what you're going to find out is that God put Nicole in your life to help you become the man that he wants you to become. Me and my wife to this day, because people always talk about, I want a relationship like y'all. And me and my wife say, y'all only knew what we've been through. So I know he put her in in, in my life. Do y'all feel that way? What about you, Mia? Do you feel that way? A hundred percent. And uh, I love that you're sharing that. And I hope once all of this is said and done, we can continue in a relationship because I just yeah. feel like it's just a kingdom connection. and. Um, you know, because it's rare to meet people who are, for one, sober, sold out for Jesus, and who also have experienced that type of a divine connection. Um, right. When he popped, when I popped his bracelet, mm-hmm. there was something. And when you see, when you watch a movie and there's stars, you know, and people are like, Woo! there was right. a, there was a sensation, you know, when when the power of God is on something, you feel it. You know, the power of God is unmistakable. You cannot deny when you're in the midst of a divine encounter. So it was a divine encounter and I knew it. Um, I didn't think that it was a marriage thing because at that time it was literally um, a little bit about myself is that I was an alcoholic and I didn't just discriminate. Like I didn't discriminate against other, you know, substances. It was whatever I my hands on is, is what I did, but you know, alcohol was just the most legal and accessible. So that was, you know, but it was not limited to alcohol and, you know, relationships. So I was the kind of girl who I literally had a boyfriend when I was in preschool and I had a boyfriend all my life. I had a boyfriend and I always had long relationships, but I always had a boyfriend Mm. and, um, my parents got divorced when I was like 13 years old. And so my dad left and he really wasn't present in my life. And so I think that contributed a lot to that, you know, searching for that male figure and, you know, getting from one relationship to the next, trying to find that, that father figure, that void. And, you know, as we know, as Christ followers, the only father that can fill that void is our heavenly father. And he is our husband. He is our husband. He is Mm -hmm. our, is our first love. And so no other love will ever compare 
to the love of Jesus. And until we come to the knowledge of that truth, we're going to put something else in its place. Right. Or not something else is going to go in his place because we were created to fill that void with only him because he is a jealous God. Don't get me preaching because I will start preaching. Come on, that preach, is, preach. I'm here. Like, I will hey, start go, preaching. Go. But, you are right. You know, I, I was, it was the first time in my life where I was not looking for a boyfriend and I had dedicated, I was sober and had been sober for a year before Robbie. And, um, you know, I just got to that place where my, my life, the consequences in my life weren't like his consequences. I was, mm-hmm. a, 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 a stay at home mom, I had two teenage boys. My ex-husband financially took very good care of me, which it's interesting because when I, met Robbie and we started to really talk about what God was speaking to us. One of my fears was if I start dating him and I marry him, then I'm going to lose my child support, my alimony. And how is he ever going to be able to take care of me the way my ex-husband did? And God literally whispered to my heart and said, do you really think it was your ex-husband taking care of you? And so I was like, okay, because we know every good and perfect gift comes from above. And you know, everything we have is all because God allows us to have the things we have. And so it really transformed my thinking when it came to God's provision in my life. And um, Mm -hmm. so I wasn't looking at him as my provider. um, And I started looking at him as just, you know, a friend, somebody that God had brought into my life. And we had a friendship and we developed and cultivated that relationship with Mm -hmm. the triangle. I'm pursuing God. He's pursuing God. We're pursuing God together. And God just, you know, brought us together, gave us a wedding date and which was Pentecost. We actually wrote a book and all of these details are are in in the book that we wrote. Um, But it was the first time I wasn't looking for a a boyfriend. And so I kind of resisted, you know, and I was at that sweet place in my life where I had been only dating God for a year. And it was the sweetest love I had ever experienced in my entire life. So when God did bring him in my life in that way, I was almost like, "Uh uh-uh, I don't want to mess up what I've got going on with Jesus because it was so sweet and so good. So I had to walk through and we had to walk through that transitional period of how do we, you know, continue in our individual relationships with God and still pursue each other in the way that God was leading us Mm -hmm. to pursue. And if you've been in a marriage before, if you've ever been in a relationship apart from God, walking like, you know, with your wife, walking in a relationship with the Lord as your shepherd is a lot different than the way we do relationships when you're apart from God. So without alcohol or drugs and, you know, just leaning into the Holy Spirit. But I wouldn't trade anything in the world. There's nothing like it. I was married before my wife. I was married 16 years. Right. She finally had enough. Okay, I was I was drinking, drugging, and she finally had enough. And that relationship is totally different from my relationship with my wife today. And remember, I met my wife in recovery, but I was just like you. I was seeking God. Mm-hmm. I, I was I was gun hope for God. I wouldn't think about my relationship, none of that. But here's the thing about when the, you know the older members say it, you know, don't get in a relationship early. I went back out. Okay, mm-hmm. I started using again, but I tried to stay in that relationship. Okay, it got to a point she said, No, she said, It's not working. I'm gonna seek my recovery. You seek your recovery. If it's meant to be, God gonna put us together. We went through some things, 
Okay. Have you guys went through some hard times? And if you did go through some hard times for recovery and, you know, in recovery and, you know, following Christ, share some of the um, obstacles that you uh, overcame. We went through a lot of hard times. People used to ask us, oh, are you guys in the honeymoon phase? And I'm like, honeymoon phase? Are you kidding me? We have been fighting for our life, literally. Mm. So I'll, I'll be very transparent. So um, you have to remember, I'm, I'm homeless at the Salvation Army. I live as, at the ARC. So if you know the Salvation Army, because you were there as well. So you're, I was at an adult rehabilitation center. I lived in a, in a center with 150 other guys. And, you know, I, I had a six bedroom. I had six guys in cots in my room. And, uh, you know, I used to have to sh- share a bathroom with 150 men. So uh, that's my living conditions. And this is the person I'm dating while I'm in recovery. Right. And she's staying in a, uh, you know, 4,000 plus square foot home with uh, five bedrooms and two beautiful. Uh, they're my stepsons today. Mm-hmm. Uh, two beautiful children. Uh, she's got a, a plethora of friends around her that are all, you know, very um, what I say. They're very they're, they're very Christ following. They were very, uh, you know, good housewives, you know, right. grounded in God's word. They're looking at her and her giving her the total of what are you out of your mind? Right. Uh, this means right. a homeless IV drug user. Are you out of your mind? Mm-hmm. So we had to, I had to be the one God spoke to my heart and told me she was the one which means he can't lie. His promises are yes and amen. Yes. So I had to walk with Mia for 11 months until we got married on the day of Pentecost that God chose me for her. Okay. So that was a tremendous battle because my insecurities, the things that I was dealing with because I was feeling less than, I didn't have income because I'm a, I'm a homeless guy, you know, and a lot of people can say, weren't you really, really, you know, struggling? And I and I can say I, I struggled for a little bit, but then I recognized I was in the best place I'd ever been in my life. I was free from me and I was free from this world. Mm-hmm. Wow. But wow. Mia was the one that had to walk through that whole, are you sure, God? Are you sure? Is this mm-hmm. real? Is this guy who he says he is? Is he really sold out for you? Is this the man that you've chose for me? So, yeah. I had to, I had to walk alongside her as she struggled through all of that until one day. And the death, yeah. the death, and the fear, and but but I think the the question you're asking um, specifically when we got married mm-hmm. because we dated eleven months um, before we got married because that's what God instructed us to do, mm-hmm. and uh, when we got married, that's when I will say all hell broke loose. I will say all hell broke loose because he had an expectation of what a marriage was supposed to be like or what I was supposed to be like. (laughs) Oh, man. And I was like, "Uh, no, because it's funny. We did a documentary and our producer said, you know, I should know you can't put a saddle on a Bronco. So I am a very strong willed, independent, um, just you know, yeah. a strong woman. And um, I'm learning how to submit because I was a single mom for, you know, up at that, up to that point, like eight, eight nine years. Yeah. And so I was basically living, you know, free, uh, freedom to do whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted, which is why I was in such a deep, dark addiction because I had money and time. 
Um, and so I um, had been, like I said, a sober for about a year. But during that year, I was using my time, you know, to nurture myself and to really take care of myself and traveling and doing those things. And then when I married him, my whole life changed. And he wanted to come in and us to be like what we would have been if we were in our 20s and got married and I didn't have children. And I had two teenage boys living at home and I wasn't about to be that subservient wife that mm-hmm. he wanted. And so there was control, there was manipulation, um, you know, there was, there was, there was a lot of fighting. There were a mm-hmm. lot of words spoken. There's been a lot of healing. We both had to be submitted to God more than, you know, we've had to submit to God more than anything. Yeah. Right. And then God's working in us individually has really uh, helped us to submit to each other mm-hmm. uh, because, of heart, because of pride, um, you know, pride, that pride is a, uh, it's a beast. Yeah. It's yeah. a beast. So we we've walked through some counseling. We actually did some counseling. We we went through some deliverance and um we've done a lot of internal work individually and then that's really brought us closer together. But it wasn't easy and it hasn't been easy. We still, you know, we a marriage is work. It's work in a God's way. That's why the yeah. word of God is so instrumental in your in your I'll say that we didn't neither one of us have, have really battled with uh with our past demons from addiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've really been able to uh stay the course with our sobriety. Mm-hmm. We uh neither one of us have gone back out for any stress. Good for you guys. You know, yeah, we we've and that's only because of his grace and his mercy. We only do it in, in the strength of Christ. We don't do it in our own strength. Mm-hmm. So right. But, that's the but but when it comes to life and all of you and you're taking two really broken people mm-hmm. okay and struggled through depravity you know the depravity yeah. of addiction and you know being full of self mm-hmm. and then allowing God's word to sink into the recesses of your soul and change you from being a selfish person to a selfless person right it's a it doesn't happen yeah. overnight it doesn't happen overnight and it's a battle it's a lot of looking at yourself. I know for a fact, me and my wife wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for Christ. And also, if it wasn't for recovery, the yeah. recovery makes me constantly look at me. Mm-hmm. And because uh, when again, I was just like you, Rob, I was in the uh, Rob, I was in the Salvation Army, but my spirit was gone. Mm-hmm. OK, I was at the lowest of low. I ain't have no soul. I ain't have no hope. I ain't have nothing. But I began to build my life back up in Christ and my wife. And I got to tell you, she's strong willed, just like you, Mia. She she saw something in me. I asked her why, because she chose me. She chose me and, and, and brought me into her one bed apartment with a two year old. Now I'm a recovering addict. Man, so I know her family was thinking the same thing. And I asked her to this day, I said, why did you do that? She said, because I saw something in you. Right. Yeah, I yeah. experienced anything like that. Did you know, even though y'all was going through some things, even when y'all know that? Because I knew she was the one. I just didn't have it. I just didn't have it yet. You know, as far as God concerned, did you guys experience anything like that? We did. Um, when when we were for and that's again, or we did write a book because it was so it's so there's so many intricate details mm-hmm. um, to our story. And it truly is divine. Um, we did experience things like that. I, I told the Lord, I said, you know, I can be his friend. I looked at him as like, I could see something in him. Like there was no doubt in my mind, but then I, you know, battled with my mind of, 
you know, is he really who he says he is? Is this just a facade? Like I had to give the time, you know, to really see. I did, you know, notice that he had a lot of friends that he had been friends with since he was like eight years old. And I thought, you know, there's something to be said to a man who has lasting friendships because Mm -hmm. it spoke to me. It just said that he must be an honorable person and and people must really love him because it wasn't like he had burned a bunch of bridges, you know, Mm -hmm. with people that were in his life. He still maintained the friendships that had been in his life for all those years. Although they did separate while he was in addiction because those good quality people weren't the people you're hanging out with when you're, you know, shooting drugs. Um, but I, I, I said to the Lord, I said, God, I can be his friend. I can be his best friend. I can do ministry with him. Um, but I, but marriage, like marriage is a big deal. Like if I'm going to marry somebody, God, you have to make it clear. And God did make it so clear when I say miracles, when I say signs, when I say wonders, Miracle signs and wonders are what God had to do for the entire 11 months just to get us to the place to say I do because my I was so nervous and fearful about making a mistake because like I said, I loved him. He was a great person. I could see the good in him, the hope of glory, but right. to be married is a whole different story. That's a different so story. The, so the 11 months of God, of literally God moving heaven and earth. And when I say moving heaven and earth, he did have me take pictures of things that he would do mm-hmm. uh, because those pictures were proof. And they also foretold the story of our relationship because God knew if I just told people the story, they would never believe me. But if I had the pictures, tangible proof, they would yeah. know that it was really real. And so, yeah, God, it was it was it was a struggle. Right. Is those pictures, are they in the book? They are some. Some of them are in the book. Yes. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Good deal. Let's. What about this? This. Uh, this. This business that y'all got. Now let's talk about the. What's the name of that? How did that get um, started? So the business is is Revelations Cafe. Um, it doesn't really have anything to do with the book, but it had the the book of Revelation. But it has everything. It's soul food. <laughs> right, 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 right. right. There you but go. it has oh. everything to do with the book, with the big book, the whole book. Um, oh. mm-hmm. I actually, because I was a stay at home mom, didn't go to college, dropped out of school when I was in the like tenth grade. You know, I didn't pursue education. I was too much of a party girl. So mm-hmm. once I got sober and really started to pursue God in the direction of my life. I went back to school for uh, Christian counseling and theology, and then I became a certified life coach. And so while I was in, while I was in my secret place one day talking to God about this direction that he was taking me, I had a vision of this cafe. I knew the name, I knew the color, I knew the purpose, I knew the menu, but I didn't think it was for me. And so through a series of confirmations, lo and behold, it was. And Robbie and I, we, we joined forces and, you know, he's got his own testimony about wh- how he came to be part of this whole thing, because at first he didn't want to, but it really is a place for us to cultivate an atmosphere of healing and deliverance. It really isn't about the food. It's more about the bread of life and the living water. And what God is doing is truly remarkable. And we have an opportunity to employ people who are broken. And not everybody, but a lot of people are broken. And our and our dream is to eventually have transitional homes mm-hmm. where we can provide uh, structured wow. living for people who are in that season of life and also employ them. Because what I'm finding is there's a lot of people who 
We can we can disciple them in the workplace, but then when they leave, they're going back into this environment. And so they're not able to sustain this way of living. And right. so if when God provides the opportunity for us to have these transitional homes, we can do a have a structured living environment with with discipleship. And mm-hmm. we can also employ them in our cafe. I mean, this is our only cafe for right now, but as the cafe vision grows, the mm-hmm. transition grows, then it becomes just a place for us to be able to disciple in the living environment as well. It's it's a God dream. Wow. That's like what is this in where Florida? It's in Tampa. We're yeah. well, we're in a little suburb outside of Tampa. It's Lutes, Florida. Good deal. Uh, what type mm-hmm. of um so, uh, is it a uh, plant based? Is that what I was reading? Yes, sir. It's a it's vegan, vegetarian. Uh, we have eggs, we have cheese. Uh, okay. But if, you, if you're a meat eater, you would never know the difference between one of our burgers and a burger that you make yourself. Hands down. What? I mean, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna have to come through there. Yeah, bring it on. So, so uh, yeah, mm-hmm. the, the the long and short of it was is that I wasn't involved. I I really didn't. I was very honored that Mia got a vision from the Lord. Um. But when she told me about it, I said, I'll support the, the you know, the idea and the vision. But, I, I you know, especially yeah. when it comes to eating a plant based or vegetarian. I, no, that's not my cup of tea. I'm a carnivore. Um, yeah. I got back lifting heavy again back into bodybuilding. So, you know, I need protein. I need meat. I need dairy. What happened is we were building the cafe out. We built it from scratch, from the ground up. Uh, wow. And so uh, while we were about four months away from opening the doors, I had a widow make a heart attack in the middle of the gym. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, as it turned out, um, a brother in Christ sent me a book that was all about eating plant based. And so, when I began to read this book and started looking at the science, um, I got frustrated and I started having a little argument with the Lord. And I started telling him, Listen, Lord, you know, at this time I gave you my life four and a half years ago. I said, You pulled me out of the mud, the muck, and the mire. You put my feet in a solid rock. You put a new song in my mouth. I said, Then you bring me my wife. I said, I love her as you love your church. And then I stirred the gospel with anybody. I'm giving them all my good works. Right. And I said, Now you want me to give up meat? You want me to give up dairy? You want me to give up all the things that I love? And he said, Right. right give up for you. Mm. And so when I heard that, it was uh, an instant knowing that it was about sacrifice, about doing this. So I've been plant based for about four and a half years. And I can tell you, I did not go easy. I went kicking and screaming. Okay. Okay. So my testimony is my testimony. And what I, what I pray is that anyone within the sound of my voice, because what happens is, as you know, a lot of times we often shift addiction patterns. So we stop drinking and drugging, but we start eating like, you know, like gluttons. Oh man. Now you're talking about me. Easy, easy. (laughs) Here's the point, you know, so Vernon, Vernon, this is my, my shout out to you to let you know is that, you know, you're a disciple and the root word of disciple is discipline. So Yeah. You know, the Lord will put, put us in a predicament to get us to get our attention so that he can disciple us. Mm-hmm. And right. so that's what I've been through is a discipleship phase. And, um, you know, uh, the Lord is just amazing when it comes to how gentle he is. But at the same time, he's firm and he lets us know when he wants us to do something for him. So Amen. I'm I'm eating a plant based diet right now because it's uh, and, and I can only tell you, it's been the best decision ever. I literally think I may have contributed to the heart attack because I'm a Georgia girl and we cooked everything with bacon grease. And so Mm, I was that's like liquid gold. okay, in the kitchen. So I was doing my, you know, everything, vegetables, whatever, eggs. I would do everything with bacon grease. And so I was contributing to his his heart disease. But, hey, you know what? We also have a Facebook group and it's Cafe community plant pod uh, plant 
Revelations Cafe Plant Pure Community. Okay. And it's a private group. Um, but I'm we're starting a 40-day detox fast mm-hmm. tomorrow. So if you want to hop on there just so you can watch and see if anything stands out to you, because I'm going to document my journey with the next 40 days on, you know, because we all have our thing. Mm -hmm. And my goal for doing this is really to hear God more clearly and just Mm. to submit my flesh to him, because we live in a world where we need to know, we need to hear what God is speaking to us right now. We don't need to be doing anything but leaning in to the whisper he never yells he whispers whispers. and so Mm. we're just gonna put ourselves in a place of just posture so that we can hear him and the bible talks about fasting for a reason so we're gonna dive in tomorrow so pray for us i'm praying also i want to jump on the group now i'm gonna go slow i'm gonna stay connected with you i want to get in because this this you know just like how this whole thing started y'all y'all you know how the devil try to get in. I'm being blessed already, so I already know the listeners are going to be blessed. But those who want to get in contact with you guys, the book and things like, how do they reach out to you guys? So, so uh, the best way to, to look at everything that God's been doing with us and and um, just the goodness of who He is and what He's done, it's called RevelationsCafeFilm.com. Again, it's RevelationsCafeFilm.com. You can go to that website, uh, the copy of our book. The, the name of the book is 222, says it was always you. It's about okay. the miracles and the signs and the wonders behind the number of 222, which is uh, all about Scripture. It's about the book of Acts, chapter 2, where okay. it talks about Jesus of Nazareth was accredited by miracles, signs, and wonders. And as Mia alluded to, that's what he did. He moved heaven and earth through signs, miracles, and wonders to bring us together uh, for his glory and not our own. So revelationscatholicfilm.com. Uh, I believe there's even a, a hyperlink that'll take you out to the cafe. So if anybody wanted to check out our menu, it's revelations-cafe.com. That's the actual cafe. They've kept them both separate just so that we can, you know, keep up with everything. And I'll have awesome. Robbie send you the little thing for the Facebook group thing. So that way, if you do want to just, you know, watch us while mm-hmm. we're doing the detox and this fast. So that way you can pray, maybe get some good ideas, pass them right. in alone. Oh, yes, I want to most definitely. Hey, you guys have been a blessing, a truly a blessing. I love your story. We have to stay connected. We will. For yeah, sure. And, uh, and I appreciate you guys coming up to Christian Recovery Podcast. Yeah, thank you for having us. We're, we're honored. We're honored to be here. Thank you so much, brother. God bless. God bless. <laughs>